Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about Twitter, everyone's favorite short form social media platform. Although favorite might be the wrong word. As I've said before, Twitter is a hellscape, but it is at least an interesting one for no other reason, perhaps, than the fact that it presents interesting news headlines and certainly ones that people are very interested in as of today. What is that headline? Well, as CNN reports, Elon Musk recently purchased 9.2% of Twitter stock, according to a filing Monday, making him the largest shareholder in the company. News of the purchase sent shares of Twitter soaring 22% in early trading. We'll talk about that in a second. Musk did not disclose what he paid for the shares, but his stake was worth $2.9 billion as of the close of trading on Friday and $3.5 billion after the spike early Monday. Musk's filing did not disclose the purpose of the purchase or any plans for the company, but he has been a high-profile critic of Twitter policies in the past. Now, anytime an investor buys 5% or more of a company's shares, they must disclose the purchase in filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is where I want to start out our discussion. The Securities and Exchange Commission, the executive branch body in charge of making sure that the securities markets are fair, that proper information goes out there about who owns companies, how those companies are operating, so that investors can understand what is going on, has this requirement set up. Now, before we talk about the laws itself, I do want to point out, as CNN just suggested, big bump when this kind of thing happens, right? Elon Musk is known to be a very public investor. And with that comes a lot of benefits and a lot of burdens. He talks about his stock. He talks about his companies online. And that's one of the reasons that he has gotten into trouble in the past. But certainly when a man of his resources purchases a significant portion of a company, well, everybody pays attention. And what you see here is the initial bump from when Elon Musk invests in Twitter, and then it continues to grow and grow and grow. It has a little shortfall here uh, as of about 3 p.m. on the Monday when Elon Musk made that investment. But you can see other investors are interested. They don't know whether he's going to try to purchase the company, which as we have seen in the past, just discussing Activision Blizzard, for instance, would require a premium to actually get the market on board with board approval and all these various things. Although, given the certain amount of latent hostility that Elon Musk has had towards Twitter and its board operations in the past, it would be very interesting if he attempted a takeover of Twitter. We're not there yet. Now, why aren't we there yet? Even though you're seeing a lot of media today in all likelihood talking about Elon Musk potentially buying Twitter and that kind of thing. Well, it's because he filed in a very specific way. This is the United States Securities and Exchange Commission Schedule 13G. And I think we all know Schedule 13G, right? No? This is where you tell the SEC that you've purchased 5% or more. And you do it under a couple of different rules. He says, check the appropriate box. It's going to be Rule 13D-1 subsection C. So we all know what that is, right? No, no. Nobody knows what these are before you actually look them up and you talk about them with clients or what have you. But here's 17 CFR 240 13D-1 that says in part A that any person who after acquiring directly or indirectly the beneficial ownership of any equity security of more than 5% shall file with the commission a big old statement containing the information required by schedule 13D. Now you might note this is subsection A. But broadly speaking, the overall default rule is you get more than 5%, you're going to give us a big old filing and you're going to tell us what you are thinking when you purchase this much of a public company. But you don't have to file a big long form if you find yourself instead of in section A, in section C, which says a person who would otherwise be obligated under the paragraph A of the section to file that big long statement may in lieu thereof 
filed with the commission, that's the SEC to you and me, within 10 days after their acquisition, a short form statement that the person has not acquired the securities with any purpose or with the effect of changing or influencing the control of the issuer. The issuer here is the issuer of the stock, that's Twitter to you and I, other than activities solely in connection with the nomination under a big old CFR rule that is basically participating in a board of directors election as any other shareholder would be allowed to do. So what Elon Musk has filed here effectively says, I'm not trying to take over the company. Now, we'll also talk about his somewhat attenuated relationship with the SEC in just a minute. But here you see all the pertinent facts. Elon R. Musk purchased 73,486,938 shares of Twitter, which he believes to be about 9.2% of the common stock based on their most recent filing, saying that they have 800 million shares outstanding. So he purchased just under 80 million. You get to that 9.2% ownership of the company and then basically nothing else pertinent other than the signing by Mr. Musk. So this comes out of nowhere. This is his total aggregate ownership of Twitter. So this is his first purchase, uh, at least as it stands right now, into Twitter. If he had it before and sold it, we wouldn't know about it. But now this is all he owns is this 9.2%. And he bought it all either over the weekend or as of today. And that did send shockwaves through the Twitter following community. Now, after we get done with that role, it is important to talk about the rest of Elon Musk as a public persona, right? And I don't know if I've talked about him in this space before. His companies don't come up very often, but he is an unusual cat, not the least of which is because he does have that kind of disruptor mouth that he likes to use, primarily on Twitter, ironically enough. And it was Twitter that got him in trouble a few years back, or as Wikipedia here summarizes, in 2018, he was sued by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission for falsely tweeting that he had secured funding for a private takeover of Tesla. And in fact, if we look at this tweet, that's what it says. I'm considering taking Tesla private at $420, funding secured. Now, for those of you that are following along with Mr. Musk and see how he tweets regularly, whether it's about video games or otherwise, that $420 sure does look like an internet meme style joke the SEC really isn't the organization that you generally joke with. So the SEC and Elon Musk wind up settling. He winds up having effectively a kind of gag order placed on him when discussing these various things in public. And it's one that he very much disagrees with. Now, if you don't know his background here, he made a bit of money in the 90s, uh, making essentially a kind of map-based app thing, made $22 million. He then goes and gets involved with PayPal, gets his company purchased by the company that owns PayPal. There he gets another $175 million. That leads to SpaceX. All this stuff and ultimately culminates in Tesla, which regardless of how you feel about the company or its cars or anything else has proven to be a significant financial success for him but he's a bit of an internet troll, right? In 2021, Musk nominally changed his title to Techno King while retaining his position as CEO. He likes to be seen as a wild card. He likes to be seen rattling sabers, clearly, at least in the public eye. I obviously don't know him from Adam, never met the man, but you get all of this happening with this persona. So when the SEC sues him, when it tells him, hey, you have to shut up about these things, he, he doesn't take it terribly well. And he also doesn't take these social media platforms operating in that capacity very well either. He tends to frame it as a freedom of speech issue, which is coming up 
all across the media. I've pulled a tweet here just because it was the last one in my timeline and the most obvious way to actually characterize what concerns seem to be here. This is from Ryan Brown at Toad's Anime on Twitter. It says, Elon Musk is now Twitter's largest shareholder, having purchased 9.2%, almost $3 billion worth of shares. This follows his public criticism of the platform's position on free speech. So you can take a guess as to what his influence might inflict. Obviously some negative terminology there. A lot of people don't like uh, Mr. Musk. And if you haven't been following him on Twitter or social media, he has been kind of plumbing these questions of light. Here's Elon Musk. Given that Twitter serves as the de facto public town square, failing to adhere to free speech principles fundamentally undermines democracy. What should be done? Now, you or I might agree or disagree with that. Chances are we don't have 200 some odd billion dollars to fight him on financial grounds on this, but it's clear that he is concerned, or at least is signaling his concern, of the way Twitter operates. Someone else comes on and says, hey, would you consider building a new social media platform? One that would consist of an open source algorithm, one where free speech and adhering to free speech is given top priority, one where propaganda is very minimal. I think that kind of platform is needed. And he says, am giving serious thought to this. Now he uses this kind of terminology, these short form tweets all over the place. It's what got him in trouble with the SEC to begin with. And so it's always very difficult to parse out when he is just having a lark, doing things for the lulls, as they say, or whether he is serious about these things. That's kind of how he uses this type of communication to his advantage. Now, it should be noted here, for those of you that haven't been in virtual legality with me for a while, haven't followed my stuff here, Twitter has been one of those companies that I have often talked about as using ambiguities in their community guidelines, in their rules, and the way they operate to the detriment of its users. And they are not unique in Big Tet at that at all. And we've talked about a lot of terms and conditions through our 600 some odd videos. You can actually see this one I'm highlighting right now is number 65. A lawyer reads the new Twitter rules. That's not even a three digit number for virtual reality. This is right at the start of this whole thing for us. But we also talked about the CEO transition, Jack Dorsey stepping down, Twitter broken, Will new CEO spell end for Big Tech Liability Shield? And the things that have been said about CDA 230, the way Twitter operates and what it's going to do with state actors and the various ways that it's going to police language on its platform, culminating with the most recent episode that we did, which was about private media. This was about taking photos and having other people strike them down and various things, which I said, hey, Twitter declares war on everyone. Well, almost everyone. And that was a function of the way that their rules read. They take it perhaps further than other platforms, but they are not unique in overall setting their terms of service, setting their community guidelines with very ambiguous rules, with very ambiguous language that allows them to pick and choose when they are going to enforce them and when they don't want to. And I think in the eyes of someone like Elon Musk, that comes out as a violation of free speech, that Twitter is somehow serving some kind of state public square capacity and needs to be reined in. I come at it from a different angle here in virtual legality. I say, look, they are a private actor. They can do these various things. I can call them out on YouTube, which has its own ambiguous rules problems, and say, this isn't the way I would prefer the platform to operate, but it's not really a government kind of standard. Now, Elon Musk, as I say in this thumbnail, is putting his money where his mouth is. He isn't looking to the Senate or the Congress or otherwise to have Twitter somehow banned, to have the rules changed. He's actually putting billions and billions of dollars behind at least potentially altering the way that Twitter does business. Now, I want to go back to the tweet that I talked about earlier because it's important to note that 9% really doesn't make that happen. I know this probably comes across as intuitive to at least some of you, but for the most part, 
if you are at this below double digits percentage concept of a public company that has hundreds of millions of shares outstanding, then you aren't really in control of that company, even at 9.2%, even if you are the largest shareholder, because heck, control rests in the majority of those shares. And if we actually look at the way Twitter is set up through ownership, we see what we usually see in these giant public tech companies, right? We got 36% mutual funds, right? Those are investments. Those are conservative fund votes. Those are people that are not looking to upset Apple carts or anything like that. Similarly, we've got institutional investors at another 30%, 66%, two thirds of the company in giant institutions. Now those institutional investors can be activists. In fact, if we look at the top owners of Twitter, we see Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street, Aristotle, Fidelity, all these giant institutional investors in a company like this, they might get a little bit more activist. They might try to steer the ship. And we'll see CNN discuss that in just a second. But overall, individual stakeholders of which Elon Musk will be one, and these numbers will change, are only about 10 to 15% of the ownership of the company. Now he's gonna come in right at the top here. He's gonna own more than BlackRock, more than State Street, or maybe not. Because part of this story here is likely these institutional funds also getting in saying, all right, if we're going to have an activist fight, we're going to out go and fight for what we want to have happen with this company, as well as speculators who say, well, if Elon Musk is going to buy, that's going to be a premium and I'm going to get in quote unquote low. Although obviously it would have been better to buy last week if you were interested in participating in something like that. A lot of guesses, a lot of speculation on the investment markets. If you are in share sales or investment, leave a comment below. Maybe you have another insight as to why this kind of bump happens, why it continues to grow, why it comes down a little bit. But overall, these folks think that Elon Musk is going to do something, which is an opinion shared by the CNN analyst that they get for their article. It says, I think he intends to go active and force change at Twitter, said Dan Ives, tech analyst at Wedbush Securities. This is a shot across the bow at Twitter's board and management team to start discussions. Even if Musk doesn't try to change the way Twitter operates, his large purchase could prompt some other activist investors to take a stake in the company, I've said. One way or another, he's going to change the course of Twitter. And I think people are hearing these things. I think they're seeing this from analysts. And I do think it's a possibility. One of the reasons I brought up these tweets is to express how much of a wild card Elon Musk is, right? He doesn't care about offending the SEC. In fact, when we're talking about the SEC, he likes to make statements doing large things with his money or his tweets or his quotes or whatever else might come across his mind, right? We're only a couple of months removed from him accusing the SEC of attacking his right to free speech even though he apparently agreed to the settlement with the SEC that resulted in his speech being constrained, right? That doesn't matter to Mr. Musk. He thinks the SEC is constraining him in a fashion that is somehow untowards or unfair. And he's got his own politics that we're not going to go into on this particular video. But he likes to make those statements. He likes to come out and say things about current politics. And it might be that this is a way of trying to purchase a Twitter because one of the things that is happening here is he's got 10% of the company and the company's worth 30 some odd billion dollars right now, even though he'd have to pay, who knows, 45 billion in order to give the premium to actually buy it without getting really weird in terms of the operational capacity of a tender offer or a hostile takeover or whatever it might be. He'd need a significant amount of money, but it also might just be him trying to make a point, right? And Mr. Ives here at CNN thinks he's going to try to change things. I think it's worth noting that he essentially attested to the SEC that he's not going to try to change things. 
but that he doesn't have a great deal of faith in the SEC from all public determinations. CNN also points out that he ran a Twitter poll asking his followers whether they believe Twitter rigorously adheres to the principles of free speech, and 70% said no. And that's an interesting question. It's a loaded question. We've talked about it here in Virtual Legality. I would probably say no as well, but I would follow up with some kind of description that says, well, they don't really have to. The real bad thing about YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or whoever saying they believe in free speech and then doing whatever they like with fact checks and demonetizations and strikes and whatnot is that it goes against their marketing. It goes against what they were actually branding themselves as. And one could argue is some kind of fraud on the market, some kind of fraudulent actual communication with potential users of their service because they're not doing what they are attesting that they want to do. But I think even in the last couple of years, most of these platforms haven't really highlighted that they're in favor of free speech so much. And the secondary question then is, should Twitter be? Should they be forced to? Uh, And Elon Musk says, maybe I buy it. Because the other portion of this is when you get a tweet from Mr. Musk that says something along the lines of, hey, I'm considering making my own platform that would use software in fancy ways or what have you, If you're actually analyzing what it takes to get the network necessary to make one of these things successful, or more importantly, even if you're not talking about financial success, making it useful to the actual things that you want to see changed in the world is that number of users matters. And so it might be more financially sustainable if you're Elon Musk and you happen to have $100 billion lying around plus to actually just go buy an existing network rather than trying to build one from the ground up, which could admittedly be what he's doing here but I still have my doubts. Now, the CNN article goes on and on and on. It's very long, and I'm going to link it, of course, to the description. You can check it out. One of the things they point out is that Twitter's had activist investors before. Twitter has had investors try to change their CEO, try to do things to change the way the company operates uh, and have survived them. But I don't think there are a lot of Elon Musks out there when you see how stock prices change, how they relate to what could be a very vocal investor. And it may be the case that Elon Musk wants to get in that boardroom wants to see those discussions, potentially wants to relay important things that he thinks the public should know about those discussions in the boardroom, which would put the fear of God in basically any corporate boardroom in America. So you don't know what you're dealing with if you're Twitter's board. You are obviously taken by surprise and operating under a bit of shock today that this has happened, but it also doesn't mean it's the end of the world. As Mr. Ives says here in the article, it would probably be too expensive for us to buy Twitter on his own, especially since most of his wealth is tied up in his holdings of Tesla and SpaceX shares, he'd have to partner with private equity, big institutional funds of their own. It's not like he could do it himself. And there I tend to disagree. Certainly we have seen in the immediate past, Elon Musk just decide to liquidate enormous portions of his interest in these companies and pay the tax on them, right? Much is made lately of unrealized gains being a means of tax avoidance. So I propose selling 10% of my Tesla stock Do you support this? He does this Twitter poll, three and a half million votes, and then he does, in fact, liquidate his stock. And so I think one of the things that happens here is he makes these public displays to make a point. And it was only a short time ago that we saw the Biden administration here in the United States propose an official tax aimed at unrealized gains. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the term, for somebody that's holding stock, like Elon Musk holds stock in Tesla. That's where three quarters of his value comes from. It's not cash money in his bank account. It's paper value of Tesla stock that whenever it has variations, makes his wealth go up and down. He's looking at a situation where the administration has signaled strongly that they want to tax the increase in value of that stock, regardless of whether or not you have sold it, which will one, force you to sell it anyway. And two, 
really kind of push capital around in ways that, at least in the United States, we haven't experienced yet. And there's political reasons to argue for or against this, which I don't want to bog this discussion down with. But with that particular announcement from the administration, with his prior stance last year of dealing with unrealized gains, this could be a part of both diversifying his portfolio away from that Tesla stock, but also making a point about unrealized gains, being illiquid, not being terribly cash rich, uh, being more cash poor realistically when you pay those taxes, when you buy the stock, etc. And we don't know what we don't know. So I personally think media and tweets like this one, they're saying, hey, this is what he's going to do with free speech, etc., etc., are jumping the gun a bit. Elon Musk is a wild card actor. He could do basically anything. He could bop up to 20% and start looking at a tender bid or a hostile takeover tomorrow. He could push for a board seat, or he could just sit on his hands and know that he is out there in the bay with the cannons ready to fire if management doesn't do roughly what they think their now largest shareholder wants them to do. And that might be his most dangerous position because I don't know about you, but I certainly can't read the mind of Elon Musk. And I'd be willing to bet that the Twitter board and CEO can't read it any better than I can. But it's a big news day and this has been Virtual Legality. If you enjoy these conversations about business and law and technology platforms and video games, software and more, please consider supporting the channel at Utreon. Uh, where we get more of the benefits directly to the channel and supporting what we do here, or Patreon, if you're more familiar with the more long-standing platform. Either way is great. However you wish to support us is fine. And if none of those appeal to you, just subscribing, telling your friends, ringing bells, upvoting, downvoting, leaving comments, engaging with the material, every little bit helps. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.